Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 375. Very soon, people will be announcing all of our Comic-Con goings on. San Diego Comic-Con, which of course is the uh, weekend of the 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st of July. And the week leading up to that, starting the 9th, is Course of the Force. So join us. Buy a run segment. Come in costume. Uh, run a quarter of a mile for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We're starting at Skywalker Ranch this year. Go to StarWars.com slash Course of the Force. Also, we're doing our live podcast at Balboa Theater. Still can't announce the guest yet, but it's really good. Uh, so if you go to Nerds.com slash Calendar, there's still literally just a handful of tickets for that left. Uh, so come to that. And then also, I'm going to be performing stand-up in Philly this weekend, the 27th, 28th, and 29th of June at Helium. So you can go to HeliumComedy.com or Nerds.com slash Calendar for that date, the Comic-Con date, any of the fall dates. I'll be in San Francisco, many Minneapolis coming up. Uh, a lot of fun things announcing uh, on the horizon. We're putting up a very special video that we shot at Nerdist for Course of the Force on July 9th. So look for that. It may involve a cantina. It may involve a cantina. I'd like this episode is Paul Feig, who is a genius and very well dressed genius too. But genius wrote Freaks and Geeks wrote on a lot of amazing shows that you loved, then ended up directing a lot of amazing shows you loved. He's directed like Mad Men and 30 Rock and Weeds and Bored to Deck, Parks, Parks and Rec, Nurse Jackie, directed Bridesmaids, directed frickin' Bridesmaids. Um, and he uh, also tells us some interesting stories about some things that he wanted to write but never got to professionally. So uh, that we open a juicy vein of deliciousness there. His movie The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy opens Friday, June 28th. So you should definitely go see that. Uh, Paul is a wonderful guy, and uh, we he is... He is one of us. We've had a good run with one of us people lately, Katie. Like people who just snap right into the podcast like the missing puzzle piece. Right? Who knew there was a Paul Feig-shaped hole in the podcast before? Now he has filled that with an Earth Podcast episode number 375 with Paul Feig. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, thanks, man. It's exciting. Congrats on your stuff. Uh, you know. Come on. Come on. We try. What do we do? <laughs> try. Try. That's what I should try. Yeah. See, that's yeah. Right, really. <laughs> Jonah, you have Don't to try. try. Too, exactly. No, well, just yeah, try. I've been trying that. 
that didn't work, right? No. Jo- no. Jonah's like the Jonah. You're sort of the guy who's like, I don't want to go to the gym because I don't want to get too ripped. Like, yeah, do yeah. you know how what would have to happen for <laughs> that yeah. to happen? I have to go to the gym <laughs> one <laughs> time. Yeah. Also, now my shirts would fit. I got to buy all new shirts. Like you're gonna like, 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 like you're gonna do shirt. one 15 pound curl and woof. Oh yeah. man. That's right. God damn it. Nothing fits anymore. Shit. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Everyone's scared of me. But it's just. <laughs> just one. You would actually be a monster if you like. Have you ever seen? We, we talked about if you just <laughs> put in some effort, Joe. No, I'm saying like if if you were if you were if you were like ripped, you'd be you'd be like you see the Rock and that and you think oh he's just a buff guy, but he's a buff huge tall he's, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with, he's he's an a, imposing force. with a cocktail of magic going into him that is probably just whey protein. I don't yeah. know. Well, we, yeah, when we met Joe Manganiello, um, yeah. he's like a, he's my height and like my build, but you know, but he's no, no, he's, he's not build. your build. No, no, like, like <laughs> shoulder width and like size and like the you know the body, but he's in shape. Okay. He is. That's fitness. the key. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you guys agreeing with me on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are elements of that that I could get on board. With. He's like my size. I mean, that's like that me like... saying I'm Chris and I are the same build because he's my height. <laughs> no, but your shoulders are way more broad than his. That's not saying the same thing whatsoever. It's because I'm you have, you have, a, you have a, no, you have a bigger bone structure than Chris. <laughs> Keep digging, know. everybody. Keep digging. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember calling you sideways tall on the television show. And oh my else... god, that was huge. That blew up. Everyone called me sideways tall after that. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I'm so sorry. Hey, we have a guest here. I love you. Hey, Paul wants to. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul's, Paul's going to take notes and make a thing out of this, right, Paul? Well, no, it all sounds it all sounds wonderful to me. Paul, I'm just supportive of you guys. Thank That's you. Stop it. Thank you. First of all, you look, you're doing. You look amazing. Thank like, you. This is oh, a, go on. This suit. Is, I'm a handsome man. Oh, I saw you mean my suit. Yeah, yeah it's all of it. You. <laughs> you go to a Brooks Brothers for that? Where'd you get that? Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> nice. Club Monaco. Oh, this one up. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. No, no, I, I I'm a three piece. I'm, I'm a sartorial guy. I, it's great. I enjoy my uh, my my Savile Row stuff. Yeah, listen. Uh, if I just could uh, put in the effort to uh, fit into a suit. Then <laughs> you would totally fit into like a suit. It's all about tailoring, my friend. Yeah, it really is. I know it is. Oh, it, that's me, the key, isn't it? Getting like it a is. really well tailored suit. It is. I'm, I'm not in very good shape, but just if you get the right tailor, <laughs> you, you look better than you really are. <laughs> so uh, do the tailoring workout, right. everyone. Yeah, Come yeah, on, it's no just... effort whatsoever. <laughs> the tailoring <laughs> workout. As you grow, your suits grow. Yes, yeah. exactly. They're in very a, forgiving in exactly the right way. It's like the Hulk's shorts. You know, they just sort of. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. just stretchy. Yes, they go to where they have to go. Why is your suit said... coat four pounds? Oh, it's the extra fabric, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Take it out. It's just all in there. <laughs> it's ready. It's, it's like a fishing reel. <laughs> yeah, it reels in and reels out. Ready to go. Exactly. It's so exciting to have you on. I, I don't think we. I, I mean, many, many times have we. Uh, uh, sung the well-deserved praises of uh, freaks and geeks. Oh, which thank you. We keep hoping. You know, I'm I'm sure with all of this, uh, Netflix you know, has money. I've heard. I yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. I know exactly. Like, I don't working. think they have that much money for <laughs> that cast. I can't. I can't afford to even hang out with them. <laughs> they're too rich. Now. Yeah, and then I just saw Linda Cardellini on freaking Mad Men. I know exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, they're they're, they're everywhere. It's great. You, you feel like a successful parent. Like none of the none of the kids are in jail. So uh, <laughs> so that's the good part. Do you think that uh, give it a Franco week? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for Franco to hit the penitentiary. Do you think being a performer gave you a good eye to spot other good performers. I think I, I think having been an actor and a performer and a comedian, it, the more you're in touch with sort of what actors go through, I, I do feel it helps. I think it helps more in directing. I mean, as far as finding talent, it's really you just wait for these aha moments, which is you know you, hundreds of people come into audition and there's always you know 
every once in a while you go, oh yeah, they're good. Yeah, that person could be good. Like, like I remember that person, and so you kind of amass this little list of yeah, they're yeah, they're, they could do it. And then somebody comes in and just blows everybody else out of the water. And so you kind of wait for those moments. It was bad when you're directing television sometimes, is you get one session, and so you usually kind of have to pick out of the like yeah, they're pretty good. Mm. But that's nice when you're kind of doing a movie or, or, or a TV pilot or something. You really take that time for those aha moments. And every one of the kids that came in for Freaks and Geeks that we cast was just like, holy shit, they're the one. Sam Double M Levine. Oh, my, yeah. Look out. Look <laughs> out for Levine. I know. Love <laughs> Sam Levine. Yeah, he's the great. You, you know the story of how he got it? Because he no. came and he auditioned for Sam Weir. He auditioned for John Daly's yeah. part. And he was doing his thing or whatever. And then at the end, he like stops and he looks past the camera and he goes like, can I do it now? And then he does uh, his Shatner impression. And that was Judd and I both like, okay, we got to cast this guy. <laughs> his audition was fine, but that's the part. But the Shatner one was the one. That, that is Neil. The that one is that, Neil right there. The one that got it. Yeah. Did you? Was there a lot of crossover between when you were writing and directing versus when you were performing? Because I, I wonder, when you, when you see people audition, when you're on the other side of the table, oh, yeah. it totally changes the way that you approach it. it I, if I knew now what I knew when I was a performer, you know, an actor trying to get jobs, I would I would have faced the the audition process 100%, you know, differently. It's I used to like just kill myself going like, "Oh my god, I tripped over that line." Like I've stumbled over a word, like I lost the part. I hire people now who can barely put two sentences together. <laughs> but you go like there's something kind of funny about that person. They're kind of great. And actually, and then the converse is sometimes people come in so polished, you're like, eh, like there's nothing there." And I realized I was coming in like trying to be so polished and everything. Uh, so yeah, you know, so you, so you learn a lot more. But but I'm also having been a performer. When I'm in auditions, I get very uncomfortable for people, and I sure. want them to to do well. And so Judd's Judd Abitaz's uh, quote about me is that everyone leaves one of my auditions thinking they have the part. Oh. So I guy laugh and I think. But I want to encourage them. I want them to be at their best. Um, it also know. means that you can't judge when you're in an audition because you you can think you kill and then you never hear about it again, or you can go. I, I fucked that up, and then they're like, "Hey, you got it." Hundred percent. I, I always tell I always tell actors like, just go in and do your best, and don't you can't obsess about it. It's hard. It's you know, it's hard to say because obviously it's what we're doing. But there's so many times I'll you know a year later go like, "Oh, that guy was really funny. Remember him? We auditioned him. Like, let's give him the part." So you don't forget if somebody's great, you don't forget. But the other thing is, I think there's must be acting coaches and stuff who say like, in an audition, they're going to ask you to do an adjustment if they like you. And so sometimes I'll see somebody, they're great, and I don't need an adjustment. And so you'll see them, you know, go, okay, well, thanks. And, they, like, their face falls, and they're like, oh, my God, I fucked up. And you're like, no, you got it. Like, what am I going you know. <laughs> to So you have to give out courtesy adjustments. Oh, yeah, I do. And, yeah. it, it, you know, there's it, a lot of times, you know, you're overbooked, and you're just <laughs> you're so tired. You're so in your own head when you're auditioning people. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, totally. It's the worst, because I'm, I'm literally going, okay. I, even like, sometimes you just go, like, this person's so not right. And it's like, okay, let me give them an adjustment. <laughs> yeah. And then they drag it out, and you're like, oh, fuck it. So I, I want to eventually become the guy. I want to be the guy in the producers that goes, like, thank you, you know, right, yeah. the minute they open their yeah. mouth. Because yeah. I could. I, I, think, I think what you should actually do is, if you, if you want to give an adjustment to people, just pick things that they've put on their special skills that you know they probably can't do. Because most actors <laughs> put, like, five things on their, on their special skills where they go, well, this is a generic thing, like horseback riding. Yeah. Or, or, and and if I'm ever called upon to do it, I'll figure it out. Yeah, 
I'm going to have to have them pr- pr- uh, uh, prove that they can horseback ride. Or, or, or do it or like, oh, it says on your, that you speak Spanish, so do this next take yeah. in Spanish. No, uh, no, no. Skydive. No. That's right. Yeah. Actually, every... my, I, had a, I was a, did Kung Fu for a long time, and I had uh, my, my teacher, my Sifu, uh, was great. He was a great guy uh, named Todd. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sifu, Sifu Todd, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which actually would be a good seafood restaurant. Um, but uh, he gave me his, his resume once, and it, it made me laugh because it said uh, accents in Italian, something, and it said Jewish. <laughs> I can only imagine what Sifu Todd's oh, Jewish accent uh, is. Actually, oh, yeah, I gotta tell you, what's the thing? Uh, Dana Gould has uh, the Ed Woods um, headshot, and on the back it has his resume, and then it has like special skills. And one of the um, one of the dialects is Negro. Oh <laughs> yeah, no! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh no! I want to hear that. Time. Fire yeah. that up. <laughs> I, I was looking at your te- I'm looking at all your television credits right now, and they're but facts of life. Yes, come on. Give it up, right? Did, did you take the good or the bad? <laughs> Thank you. I, you I took it all. I took it all. <laughs> well, there you have it. I, I was on on the uh, Cloris Leachman years too. This oh. was not the. So this was the. You mean the Clooney years? Well, I sadly was not lucky enough to work with Clooney, uh, but it was it was the most humiliating role I've ever played because it was all about the girls. We're gonna have a party to rate guys, and so they were gonna invite all nines and tens. And who showed up? No, <laughs> an eleven. Oh, you got an eleven. Thank you so yeah, much. Of course, yeah. Me and some other poor uh, Indian guy who they we they literally made us wear propeller beanie hats. Sure, because nerds. That's what nerds wear. Yeah, propeller beanies. They, yeah. You know, that's we've how... come a, we've come a long way. Yes, yeah. yes. So you see? see, you see on yeah. someone's resume, I can do a nerd accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey everybody, yeah. hi, I'm here for the party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, J- hey Blair. Oh God! And then the worst was like, you, you know, love the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and she did too. She, did. she was always playing yeah. Christian music. Yeah. But they had, you know, so they had the, all these hot guy extras, and so it's a live taping, and so they have the warm up, and so there's all these girls in the audience, and they're all screaming for all these guys, and uh, so the warm up woman between a break, she goes like, "Well, girls, what do you say? Let's rate some of these guys, okay?" Oh. Uh, and she started like pointing. And I just, I, I just walked off the set. It's like, okay, I didn't. I didn't. No, that's where you walk back on and then just take your dick out, but don't reference it. Yeah, exactly. Just let it hang. You just, go like, just, come just, on, just, the, just a little piece of it. What's my number now? Yeah, it's a three. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> from I, from the ground. <laughs> what? No, I, I interviewed. Cla- sense. <laughs> Sorry, I interviewed. That's a very non-Euclidean way to measure dick length. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm measuring from the, <laughs> the ground. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. you don't know how tall all the way around the planet starts down and then back. Around the top yeah. of me. If I do it backwards, I can speed, put yeah. time backwards and I can yeah, save yeah. lowest lane. So yeah. it's perfect. Whip it. Like yes. Top. You're, you are never to use your dick to interfere in human history. Oh, I think that, that's is that what the rule is? That's yeah. something Jarrell taught us. Oh, that is true. Oh, um, well. we'll but, see how this new Superman plays out. Cloris Leachman, by the way, I got to interview her once and she's, I mean, this was even just a few years ago and she was fucking amazing. Well, she's hilarious. Yeah. And she's saucy, too. Legitimately funny. Yeah. Oh, no. Not she's... like older person funny. She's legitimately funny. <laughs> no. Older person yeah. funny. Well, you know, older yeah. people, you're like, oh, they're cute. cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. that sweet. No, she devastated me. I was uh, writing on the um, MTV um, Music Video Awards, and she was in the green room because she was doing a bit on it. Um, and like, uh, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be rad! I'm gonna, I'm a huge Cloris Leachman fan. I'm gonna go up in the middle of this young MTV thing where no one probably knows who she is." And I went up. I was like, "Hey, Cloris, I'm a really big fan of all your work. I think you're really funny." And she's like, "That's nice," and then turned around. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh shit! I got denied." You and everyone else. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's funny. No, yeah. she's awesome. She's so cool. So when was the uh, at what point at what point in your performing career did you start sort of drifting into I think maybe I want to write or create things rather than well 
I mean, I was I had gone to USC film school, so my goal was to be Woody Allen. I wanted to write, direct, and star in my own stuff. But then, when I was act when I was acting on these shows, I would always write an episode of whatever TV series I was a regular on. I, I was a regular on five TV series, and uh, four of them got canceled within the first season. So Sabrina, I Sabrina. Well, that finally took off, and then they wrote me out after the first season, so they canceled me. God damn it! I know uh, you can't win, but but I, I would always write and I always kind of become friends with the writers and uh, hang out with the directors and stuff so I, I felt it was coming and i kind of put it off for a long time because you always you know think oh i i, I will be a, a movie star <laughs> which clearly it was not destined so it, it took about 15 years to slowly kind of transition into it but uh but you know I, it, in, during that time i really got to hone my writing skills and all the writers were always nice and I always turned in the scripts and they give me notes and stuff were you staffed on shows no no i would just i would just i, I was a, a series a regular like a series regular on it uh and so but i knew all the writers i would always just kind of pal up to them and most of the time I'd write a script they kind of wanted to do it on the show and then the show would get cancelled so <laughs> but I, I got an ALF spec uh, laying around if anybody wants to read where that where is that uh, yes it's in my it's in my files it's the first spec script I wrote you send it ALF. over we will produce it for the Nerdist channel <laughs> oh you got it because it's a very special episode of, of ALF what <laughs> happens <laughs> ALF, is, ALF basically get... he becomes because uh, uh, he can't show his face he um, starts becoming a counselor at a suicide hotline <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 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 and right. my genius genius turn was there was a guy who was going to jump off a building and Alf couldn't get to him so he had the girl from the show put him in a backpack and he serenoded her to tell talk the guy down from the ledge that's, oh, isn't that genius that's that's really, thank you so much nice. tell him to jump <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. nicely <I'm> done <laughs> that was my one impression when I was a kid well done that's how I used to go do the morning announcements in high school as Alf <laughs> oh my to god the you delight the of no one person in the world. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> did you hear Chris Hardwick's Alf this morning Man, it was fucking yeah, fuck spot that guy <laughs> let's finally invite him to that party I didn't know Alf was in our school <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, who has detention for Father Holmes? I went to Catholic school. Uh, uh, this is a whole new God thing you got going here. Listen, Paul, all I'm saying is we could make it happen now. Even oh though God. the guy who does Alf, we could probably just get him. Nah, nah. Well, what fun would that be? Well, let's do a dramatic reading of my spec script. Oh, my yeah. God. I would totally do that. I will dig that out of my files. Oh, that, that, what, what was the episode called? Oh, God. I don't remember, honestly. All I remember is I formatted it wrong, so it was literally like 70 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> I thought every time you cut to like, out in the kitchen, you have to get so they're talking between the kitchen and the thing. So it's a 70 page dramatic elf, script. yes, yeah. exactly <laughs> called Falling Back to Earth. I think we call that internet gold. Hey, oh, whatever it was, that actually, oh my, it's gonna be that now. I'll tell right, you that we're, much. we're gonna we're gonna get on this for the channel. Um, if you can't get elf, I think Mr. Chompers from Permanent Midnight will do it. <laughs> I was about to start making a bunch of Man of Steel references and put elf in there, but yeah. We no don't, one else has no seen it yet, so I can't, oh. I can't do that. We didn't, we, uh -oh. didn't, we didn't see it on the Warner Brothers launch. Uh -oh. Jor-El, you're my father! <laughs> Spoiler, come on. Time. What? Oh, great. <laughs> now I don't have to see it. Sorry. <laughs> that's the only thing Is you that it? Oh. That's one thing It's you're... better in my mind right now than it will ever be. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we will do this. This will be really fun. Uh, I'm, I'm psyched about it. You know what we could do is we could do it, we could just do it here live at Meltdown. Yeah. With an audience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what am I offering? Oh, this is... <laughs> You're offering gold. Yes. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to do it. Okay. I'm, we will, we will count do me this, in. We will, we will do this. Done. The unproduced Paul Done. <laughs> Elf spec. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'd have to see if we could get... 
Um, did Max, what's his name, die? The uh, the alpha, I don't always, oh. uh, the guy who would always talk like this. Oh, I don't everything. know if he's. Oh yeah, the, the dad or whatever. Right? Yeah, he was he was this guy and everything. Well, something there, he may or may bad not happen. Yeah. I remember yeah. hearing something about crack. Oh. I heard he ate Pop Rocks and died. Or was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That was Mikey. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, he, 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 he fucked a girl with the fish. Wait a minute. No, that was... He was Led Zeppelin. If you could just hold still while I put this Pepsi bottle inside. Is that Cosby? No, that was that guy. Actually, I'm going to say, it's a good imitation. That was that guy. It is a little Cosby-ish. A little bit of, yeah. I can do anyone from Al. Max Wright. Max Wright. Chris is just trying to do a table read. Something happened to that guy. How are you in your small wonder impersonation? Small um, wonder. No, I can't. Uh, there, there, the girls. There he is. I think it's best to look up the Wikipedia. The sad thing, the thing I read about Small Wonder, the girl who played Vicky, is uh, in the Stripper later thing. in the show's run. No, later in the show's run, though, they would send her out to like theme parks <laughs> oh, dressed no. in the costume, oh, no. <laughs> like to make a. My name is Vicky. Hello. <laughs> hey, do you want to jerk me off? <laughs> jerk off, rip. <laughs> no, Vicky again. Can't control arm. Yeah, yeah. It was a literal <laughs> handjob. It's an accident. I don't think it's an. Well, accident. What if Vicky was going to give a handjob to Alf? What that might that <laughs> It'll sound go like? A little something <laughs> like this. <laughs> Hello, Alf. I'm here to jerk you off. When yeah. I said I wanted pussy, I didn't mean this. Hey. How many dicks do you think Alf has? Pickle lipstick. Because <laughs> they're like little dog dicks. Uh, by the way, that thing you just said, yeah. about, about that was in the very first stand-up set I ever performed. Oh my god! I said, <laughs> I said, "Hey, Willie, what's with the cat? I wanted some pussy." Uh, did not, did not do well. Yeah. Did not, did not kill the way You're I thought. The wrong though, right? Yeah, he sure did. He, he wanted to. Oh, that's right. That's right. Nice. Um, Ryan was right. Has also enjoyed a stage career, but crack, 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 crack. Okay, here's something. <laughs> oh, he appeared in the public theater's 2010 production of Winter's Tale. Oh, my all right. God. Okay, so he's working. <laughs> uh, there's nothing in here. No, but... Oh, maybe he's still around though. Let's let's well, get then, him. Let's get him. So, oh my God. Are you sure? Nothing... He's not like. How come we were all convinced? Something bad happened to Oh, him. shit. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Come on. Go. Bring it home. Cocaine, Bring it home, Chris. Cocaine. Cocaine. Everyone, don't forget. Land that plane. The second thing that comes up when you, when you Google his name is Max Wright Crack. Oh, ah, nice. Good. But, but Max Wright Crack Snopes. So Be, maybe it's Before a, you oh. continue reading, uh, let's remind everyone to go see Heat in theater. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who may have been busted by the team of Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah. See how that ties yeah. Coming, He's our He's new supervillain. He's um, a crack supplier. <laughs> is it true? Okay, let's not stop at once. No, no. Let's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch. I got a bunch, my friends. Well, well, Conrad Bain, I know, is producing. <laughs> movies that you always that horror movies you know Conrad Bain from, yeah but uh, he's dead now so he's, oh, wait, oh no oh, no I'm sorry Conrad Janis Conrad Janis is producing horror movies because every time there's like a the AFM you see a poster with Conrad Janis Conrad Bain is producing nitrogen in the soil yeah. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what great. he does Love well done well played thank well you played, yeah, yeah. thank you very much great wow. that was great Chris retire immediately retire immediately multitasking is going on here the only thing is producing <laughs> uh, oh god okay let's it. see is a national inquirer post an expose on right after acquiring a homemade sex tapes oh mm-hmm. showing uh right having smoking uh smoking crack and having gay sex with a random homeless man oh, and wow. then, but this is a weird how thing. old was the homeless how old, man how old was exactly. the homeless man we but, could both be right this was a weird thing to add that he had literally just met all right. Well, that's yeah. weird. Now you mean he didn't have a long story relationship with the gay homeless man? But 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 Lure him slowly this is in. not. I, I don't. I don't know 
Uh, it says he was arrested in 2000, 2003 for drunk driving. Uh, but uh, but this this is this is sourcing the Inquirer. Oh boy! So I don't I, I can't say that those things. Well, are I think I just, circulation. What I just want to say is we're open to having him on. Yeah, the, if the you're out there, yeah. reach out to us. Prove us wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, Alstad. I'm just gonna call him Alstad. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to find this somewhere else. Uh, Katie, can you look that up, please? Yeah. Uh, and 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 also you might want to cover your search history tracks. Our, <laughs> our intrepid producer, Max Please. Wright, gay sex crack. <laughs> Empty your cash. Empty your yeah, cash. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know if this is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, crack. Crack. It always does. <laughs> yep. Am I right? Come on, give we, it up. We have no. Um, we have no. We have no proof that any of this is true. Correct. Yeah. Just. The views and opinions expressed oh, we have, on the Nerdist. I'm sorry. But, but we that's have, the Inquirer, though. But there are stills. Oh, the, oh wow. Oh, there are. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, I was, oh my. Yeah. But, but he's still wearing the glasses, though. But that... <laughs> you never... You know, to be around. honest... It, it, that could happen they, on the set of Elf. I know bro, they just know? met, but they do look like they got along really well, really yeah. fast. So. Oh, you know what? No, I'm sorry. That's from that reading I did of my very special episode <laughs> of Alf. <laughs> that's who, it, in, in the end, he, want the, he wants to commit suicide, and Alf realizes that he's on the phone with him. Yes. Yes. I just rewrote your thing. Thank hey, you Hey, really? A lot of us are really concerned that you're smoking crack. <laughs> so I brought a bunch of your friends together. <laughs> intervention. It's the intervention. It's my episode oh my called God. Dad Fucks a Homeless Guy. So uh, <laughs> I, I kind of gave it away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the crack was added later by the yeah. network. Yeah, they, they, well, we needed to have broader appeal. Something. I don't know. Yeah. Just, yeah, kids love crack. Exactly. It's, it's the fucking of the homeless man. I don't know. It's, no, it's fine. But yeah. this really you can have your art piece with the fucking yeah. of the homeless yeah, man. Yeah, the crack really scores yeah. high in our demo. <laughs> We're really trying to get that 18 to 34 year old crowd. You can't find it. It's just the Inquirer piece, so that uh, I, I we, so we cannot say that that's true. Well, the Inquirer is very; uh, they do have a heavy legal team. Yeah. I know from the past. That's so, true. Yeah. So we are just print of is not. We right. are just reading things that we saw on the internet, and we cannot. We cannot. Uh, were they uh, not? They were nominated. We cannot for... say anything about its veracity. We yes. just know that we saw that online. Well, let's just say there are actual pictures. Yeah. So, but those could be anything. They really had to have gone out on a limb. Yeah, and that was kind of like before really good Photoshop. That's clearly from a video. But why would they just video them? I don't know. Why I know they, they, they the Inquirer. There's always one guy's like, I'm gonna fucking take down the dad from Elf. <laughs> that guy's been living high God on the hog for yeah. way he too is, long. <laughs> he's been taking everything. I'm gonna take that I guy down do. a peg. Oh my! Well, balls. I hope none of those things were true, and I hope that Max is okay. And I go. hope he'll do the reading. And yes. maybe now he will come yeah. do the reading just to show everyone. Well, now he won't. <laughs> well, he might. Dredging up his past. All I'm right. Pretty <laughs> sure we just dangle <laughs> something in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> but we do know I can do the voice pretty pretty good. You guys. a pipe or a pipe? <laughs> do don't don't say it. Hey, good pipes. I mean, oh god, oh, oh boy. Yeah. Sorry, that... <laughs> I didn't mean to make a crack. Oh, oh, my oh, and it then it goes down good. from there. <laughs> Paul Feig, you bring out the best in us. Ah, uh, don't I? Don't um, I? Uh, so what, what, just getting back to your timeline oh, a little that, bit. So yeah. now that we are gonna, we're <laughs> definitely gonna do this live. Alfred. And then I wrote. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, do, did you and Judd do stand up to get to, together? Yeah, we were. We were, we, yeah, we were, we, that's what we met on the, on the stand-up scene. Which was which scene? Uh, <laughs> the scene, a long-gone scene. It, it was the, the West Coast. It was kind of, well, here's what happened. We were, I was friends with, like, um, Steve Higgins, who kind of, who runs yeah. uh, SNL now, no, and Dave Higgins, and Dave Gruber-Allen, yep. who, you know, so we were all stand-ups. A bunch of us met at the Variety Arts Center uh, downtown, used to have a stand-up club down in the uh, basement called the Edwin Theater. In L.A.? In L.A., yeah, right at uh, Kitty Corner from the, the Pantry. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was kind of, that was my 
base who are we and a lot of us were there and so we would do stand up there and then where the higgins boys and gruber lived was in this house in the back of the valley called the ranch and we all would go there and we'd do our comedy then we'd go back and play poker all night and drink coffee and they'd smoke cigarettes and we'd just make each other laugh for years yeah this went on and then judd was one of the regulars there and so we kind of befriended each other there by the way steve higgins hilarious dave higgins hilarious dave gruber allen yeah one of the funniest but other people might know him as naked trucker yes yeah He's, One of the funniest people you could ever hang out with. He doesn't really. He moved back west. I mean, he moved well, he's back. He's taking care of his, his parents. Taking yeah. care of his parents. Yeah. So I think he's not really. He comes in. He comes in. I did an episode of uh, uh, Paul Shear's show with him. You know, how the, did this get made? S- no, 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 the SVU. Yeah. Oh, SVU. Yeah, exactly. But Groob is truly one of the funniest guys I know, and possibly the nicest man. He is literally like like a saint. He also goes on the Cinematic Titanic tours. Yeah, he's out there a lot. He does Todd Carlin. George Carlin's uh, brother. Did you ever hear him do that? No. Oh, it's hilarious. It's one of his characters he does. George Carlin's brother, which I guess he might not do it now since George is gone. But uh, Well, he could still have a brother, Todd. Yeah, that's true. That's right. <laughs> a surviving <laughs> brother. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, he was the guy. I, I mentioned this on a podcast about a year ago with... There was a guy and that I had an that we would do this recurring Eddie Money bit and it was Gruber <laughs> where we would we would just completely deconstruct two tickets to Paradise. <laughs> we'd be like, "Where are you, where are we going?" I'm gonna go Paradise. When are we gonna? When you go? When are we gonna leave? And I go, "Well, we're leaving tonight." He's like, "Should I pack a bag?" Yes, pack a bag. <laughs> well, do you, can I? Can we leave? No, we're leaving tonight. <laughs> so can I bring a friend? I've only got two tickets. Like we would just do this for endless. And then the Eddie Money commercials. Came on and everyone, everyone was like, "Hey, that's like that thing." <laughs> well, he used to do a thing in his when when they were doing, you know, Higgins, Boyds, and Gruber. That was their their comedy team. It yeah. was and um, he used to do a thing called Dave's Beginnings, where he would teach you guitar, but he'd teach you how to play the beginnings of songs. And it was super funny. <laughs> so, we get Dave on the show, have to have him bring a guitar and do that. Cause that's oh, great. that's that's really funny. Yeah. And so, uh, so you guys all started, and it's it's interesting to hear about uh, the L.A. comedy scene. Well, this was what was this like late eighties? Yeah, mid mid eighties actually. It was. From from 85 to about 90. What they, was, that was mid-comedy boom, sort of. Yeah. Did L.A. have a good comedy scene? Then? Oh, it was great. I mean, when I started, I decided to do comedy full-time in 1985. I'd been doing it in Detroit as like a kid. <laughs> Literally, I started when I was 15. But then when I got out here, I decided to do it. And uh, there were so many comedy clubs that I could literally seven nights a week go to three different comedy clubs, open mic nights, and and do my act, you know, work on my act, like, Three times a night. Well, that has seven changed. Nights. It's completely changed. I mean, it used to be everywhere. Comedy was everywhere. But uh, now it's, yeah, it's just down to the Comedy Factory and improv. And, and then 90 stuff. was right about the time when everything, when the bubble went pop. Oh, and then, yeah. uh, oh, and then right. clubs closed, and then there's not as much. Yeah, I think cable might have killed it just because there's so many stand-up specials. I think people were getting their Oh, their, people, their there fill. was definitely oversaturated with comedy clubs. Yeah. and Because uh, th- there was that point where I think, from what I hear... You could just put comedy on in front of a building, oh, and people would fill the room. The places I did comedy, you, unbelievable. There was a place called the Deli Smoker, <laughs> which was on a, a Ventura Boulevard in the Valley. That was a deli, and they just put a stage up there, and people would sit at tables and just eat sandwiches and watch you do stand up. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, oh it was God. fantastic. Then there was a sushi bar where they. I mean, there was one place I got I got booked into. It was out in Simi Valley, and it was uh, the night of um, the World Series. And it's in this crazy bar. It's like out of you know, like out of a Blues Brothers. So they didn't have the chicken wire, but they might as well. And so they got the, the World Series is on, and all of a sudden the like, guy gets up and he goes no. like, "All right, all right, uh, turn off the TVs. We got comedy now." And I get up to do comedy in front of this hostile audience that watched the watch. But it, that's how it used to be. It used to be just like. 
put a mic up and we can just have free entertainment because you know everybody was looking to do do stand up. But the thing that always drove me crazy is go to comedy clubs is you go in and they have a shitty mic and a bad sound system. It's like the only thing you are required to have <laughs> is a microphone and a speaker, and you can't get that right. And they'd always go like, "Well, you guys wrecked the microphones." That was always. Comedians were always famous. We would destroy the microphones for some reason. As a comic, yeah. it is so fun to wreck microphones. It is. Yeah. You know, I'm the Pete Townsend of comedy. Yeah, it's I like just like the mic set. after every punchline. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Start yeah. traveling with yeah. your own Although microphone. I do wonder this. I did, actually. Yeah, yeah actually, because they, they wouldn't put it. Oh, they were gross. There were some, com- there were some comedy clubs where you go where it's obvious they haven't changed the microphones in a while. Oh, I'm and, so and, dented. And, the, and they're dented. Why are they all dented? That's what the guys are fucking spiking the mic. You go, like, you fuckers drop it. It's like, I'm not dropping it, so why do I? But I would bring my own mic. I'm not germaphobe, but I always envision that it was from people just like that like right up on the mic that it just warped the microphone yeah. I think so breath and no, most guys would just have their mother on the thing like that yeah. like it's, when you see Tom Lennon Tom Lennon would do that bit where he would he would like he would dab the microphone like his, on his tongue yeah, like like, yeah. oh, like how to not look like a giving a like you're like don't look like too much of a pro when you're giving a blowjob and he would tap the <laughs> he would oh, tap the microphone on his tongue and be like Tom no yeah. I gotta follow you yeah well not only that but no but it was almost like it was almost like watching a sideshow like he's putting that in his mouth oh god I know. Oh. Things you don't do on stage. I always, I always had a couple of bits where I would fall down, and that's there's no no longer amount of time than getting up in front of an audience where you fall down and you don't get a laugh. Yeah. What was your oh my what, what, what was what, what was your favorite bit that that never worked? Oh God, so many my my act uh, basically. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I I did pretty well. It was it was a thing. I mean, well, here the, the the improv decided to open a uh, misguided comedy club in the valley. In a like a Sheraton hotel, you can see it on it's on the four hundred five and the one hundred one. It's this big place, and so they had it in this. You know, it, it was like basically like a, a function room, and I went up there one night, and it was all teenage girls from a softball league and their coach who was this guy who was clearly fucking one of them <laughs> it was super gross he was kind of sitting there with his arms around there like hey oh. and they're all just staring me and so I remember like I did my bit where I, something about like you faint I don't remember what it was I put it out of my head so I did something I faint and like a bang on the ground all I hear is this one girl like Oh my God! <laughs> and starts laughing, and it's just like, oh, and it's slow getting up, and this guy's all douchey and some there. I'm fine, everyone. I think he went on to uh, to uh, found American uh, Apparel. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. He got his yeah, stuff. Exactly. That's right. He finally found his place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no money in softball. It turns no, out. Exactly. that there's... man is the other guy in those Inquirer pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it. he looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to make out with Al's dad at the end of the day, really. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't well, that be crazy? We looked at him like Max Wright founded American Apparel. Yeah, like he's yeah, the yeah. guy behind him. <laughs> oh, if you could just pull those tube socks up to you. Uh, okay, uh, just uh, sit in front work. of this uh, wood panel. Uh, all right. Uh, God, I can almost see your pussy. Like American 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 American. giving homeless people something to drink off to since 2005. <laughs> now, <if> you tweet. <laughs> Now, Chris, if you tweak your Alf dad impression just slightly, you can almost get a, a Owen Wilson out of it. Oh yeah, Owen Wilson is a little bit more like. Yeah, there you here, see, man. there you go. Oh, and I'm Mark Wright. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's what <laughs> flow right into Cosby after that. Yeah, go, started oh, Owen. Yeah, yeah, so it's it starts with Owen. So it's so flow right. Go into flow rider, then into Cosby. Wow. So, so, so it starts with with Owen, and then it all quickly goes into Alf and in the pudding pops. Like it does. There is an evolution of those. I like this. They're all in the same just family. Complete tinge of the Chris, I don't. I don't. I love you, time. and I don't want to break this to you, but there was no intonation difference. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The 
words were different. How could you break this to me in front of company? Well dressed company. Well, I gotta go now. No, Paul, come back. All right. But when so I would keep it. It's it's so fun to get off track. Because I like riffing uh, with you. Amen. But I do want to talk about Freaks and Geeks because no. this this show, which I remember at the time, people it felt like people were going bananas over this show. It was like it was a, such a unique voice in the late nineties of like right. what it was almost like almost like John Hughes on television. Like right. this is a you know and then uh, and then just went away. Well, I mean, the people who are into it were into it, but there weren't enough for the network. Here's here's this is a commentary on the state of network television. Oh, I know what you're going to do, and I'm very excited. <laughs> to hear like this, when we got canceled, we were the lowest rated show on on NBC with a regular audience of seven million people. Yes. Today, seven million people would be a pretty middling hit. You're, you're not going anywhere if you no. have seven million. Oh my people. god, no! You'd be great. You know, I mean, when they were just with the uh, you know the Candelabra movie, they're like our biggest movie. Yet, you know, ratings two point. Five million. You're like, wow, that's great, but holy shit, that's not what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, also though, with um, with HBO in particular, though, especially with HBO Go on demand, yeah. it's it's all broken up. It's all broken up, and yeah. so they don't, you know, like there's no HBO in particular. You're not really incentivized to have to watch it, like yeah. right, because you go, oh, I'll just watch it. Well, like even the Office was averaging like four and a half million viewers. Yeah. Oh no, no that totally. Was their big comedy, and they were doing well. Say. No, totally. Yeah. If the only the only thing is like. Walking Dead, which you are familiar with, or Very like much. Game of Thrones. Those are the only ones you have to watch when they air because all the fuckers will ruin it with the spoiler alerts. We were just on talking about Twitter. That. We were talking about that oh before that you, you have to avoid social media. Totally. Um, but especially if you if people think you see everything the second it comes out. Well, they, when people are like live tweeting stuff, it's like, don't do that because then I'll accidentally come across it. And you, you get the last one first. So I was like, and he's dead. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, yeah. not that guy. Oh, yeah. 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 He was my favorite. Why do you think we're so rabid about sports? It's like, it, because people get, it's so hard to surprise people anymore. And so mm. when you take the surprise away from them, it's, it's like you fucking kick their dog in the face. Like people get so fucking yeah. mad. I guess because we don't have that many surprises anymore. And so, I mean, that's why all this serialized television is so awesome because it's the only thing that you have to kind of get at the moment it happens. Everything else you, you can consume however you want. It's basically like someone, I guess I, it's the same as someone standing in the back of a room of a magic show and going, it's in his sock. Yeah, and then exactly. People are like, God damn it. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I remember the most fucked up thing I ever saw was when uh, uh, Revenge, oh, no. Uh, what was the second one? Oh, my God. What, in Paradise? No, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. You oh, said yeah, Revenge. Yeah. You meant Revenge of the... No, I'm actually going way back. <laughs> you meant Revenge of the Jedi, <laughs> yes. which then became Return of the Jedi. Exactly. But, but I, I, thought you were really saying, I thought you were Empire saying Revenge of the Nerds. See? And so I went to Miami Beach. I like... That's good. I okay. like the, the thought process going okay. on here. Uh, but no, Empire Strikes Back. We were all standing in line opening night for the second show. No. Some dude drives down... This is in Detroit. Drives down, I think it was like... Uh, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker. Oh, that sucks. I know. It's like that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, he just fucking trolled an entire line of the people. Entire line. He's like, boo. That's <laughs> fucking great, though. Yeah, I know. It was like, in retrospect, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Had I done it, I would have been on. That man went on to found Reddit. Yeah. Uh, that should have. There should be video of that somewhere. <laughs> oh my god, drive-by spoilers would be a fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're about to start it right now. Yeah, I think that'd be great. You film yourselves done. doing. That in front of a You'd movie. have to get someone like Billy Eichner, like someone that you <laughs> yeah, know, right. like yeah. someone that 
that people would be like, okay, but it's funny when he does it. <laughs> but just, or maybe it's Triumph, or I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's, yeah. I like drivebyspoilers.com. Dri- drivebyspoilers. Well, quick, let's, let's it's grab it on GoDaddy. It's been registered somehow. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> heard it through the vents. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the internet is self aware. The internet registered it to itself. <laughs> yeah. Viger uh, made it. And it's already, it's already a thriving. Viger, which I think was like where the Borg started, but that's just me. Anyway. Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah. I'm glad we're, at least that reference landed. <laughs> were, you, were you a sci fi guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. Good. Yeah. Star Wars, though. Not so much a Trekkie. Well, Not so much a Trekkie? Yeah. Or do you want to make sci fi stuff? I want to make sci fi comedy. Me too. Yeah, but it has to be. The problem is they always do it as parody, and it can't be parody. It has no. to be funny sci-fi. Yes. Yeah, I got one that I developed years ago that I'm going to bring back as a TV series, so it may may show up. What do you? <gasps> what, what are some of the sci-fi comedies that you like that you think did well? Like Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the only one. Really. Yeah, that's the only because everything else. Yeah, I mean, really. I like Red Dwarf and stuff yeah. like that. But um, I would call Ghostbusters a sci-fi comedy. Yeah, sort of. yeah. 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 to a point. Mm. To a point. Yeah, yeah. but I mean uh, that, that tone where it's like it's funny, but it's not you know, well, making I, fun of. I think World's End is going to pull it off. Yeah, that, that looks hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to the premiere tonight, actually. Oh, that's so. not. Oh, oh. so uh, gotta they, go, guys. They pull <laughs> off like genre comedy, yeah, like uh, perfectly. I saw extended scenes from it at CinemaCon, and it was really funny. Nice. Oh, that's we. You know what, guys? Drive by spoilers. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, the world on. doesn't end. <laughs> damn it! They kill Michael Sarah. Oh shit! <laughs> what was the other one that just came out? The uh, the, the watch. That oh was right, that was a, last year. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. I never. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. I actually. Uh, I, I watched it on a plane. I quite enjoyed it. Oh cool. Yeah. I, yeah, but I the thing is, it. it's like it's they one marketed of things, it weirdly. Yeah, that's the thing. You watch yeah. it, and you're like, oh, it's. Uh, it turns out it's going to be like they uncover some crime syndicate or something like that. But it yeah. turns out it's a. Uh, it's an alien invasion. And like they should have, they should have had that be clear. I would have trumpeted that from the roof. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. It's very funny. What are you going to do? I've yeah. long wanted to make. The comedy version of District Nine. <laughs> oh my God! Totally. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be. Re- I mean, maybe not so much the racism part, right? But you know, yeah, like, it's always right. funny. Well, then, what's but a comedy about the, it? Then the, 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 the well, Elysium's going to be a knee snapper, slapper, or snapper. One of the two. No, it's so funny. You actually break your knee. It's right. That's actually one step above a knee slapper. It's I've snapped my knee. I like about Elysium is it like rich people are so terrible that they literally kill everybody. Yeah, exactly. I've I've had a tough time finding. Finding any footage of that online, I've just seen like the one trailer. I of again it. was at CinemaCon, yeah. so I, I saw the presentation of it. It's pretty awesome. I mean, it, it's 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 wild. It looks, you know, it's very District Ninety. Yeah, I, I love what that guy does. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. What he did with almost no money for District Nine. District Nine was like that was like the best movie that year. One of the best. Yeah, movies I mean, it's, you know, it's like yeah. you watch a movie like District Nine, you go, well, he made this for what, like five or six, seven million dollars or something like that. And you go, that's why there's no excuse. Yeah. for like Transformers with a hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> like, I know. You know, it's like, and even but even just this, just the effects and you know. Yeah. But I guess that's one of the things that makes it special. But District Nine is one of those movies where you go, yes. Cinema's not dead. People will still yeah. go see something that is clearly special. And there's Life invention. finds a way. Now, wasn't that, didn't that start out as it was going to be a video game movie, and then they, in the middle of it, they switched it up and turned it into District 9? I might be worth researching. I heard it started out as it was like going to be a video game movie, and then... Something fell apart. You mean a video game? Movie? I like how Chris will jump on like Al's dad smoking crack, but does not jump on this to go. Oh, let me look at that. <laughs> oh, <it's> a- <laughs> that would take too long. Yeah, yeah who's got? There are any good pictures that, yeah. of them changing their mind? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Look, They're look smoking crack. Well, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, he's fucking a homeless yeah. guy. We got to change this up. It's where I come to think <laughs> and to come. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it's where I come and think. Yeah. Come for yeah, the yeah, thinking, yeah. stay for the coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
T-shirts. There you go. Uh, <laughs> We're quotable today. Well, guys, I think we have our new Marie Calendar slogan. <laughs> Come for the pie, say for the coming. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Freaks and Geeks, when mm-hmm. I think Judd talked about this a little bit, that you know, w- that it was sort of, did it just sort of feel ripped away from you, or did you c- kind of go like, ah, I think this is coming? Were you prepared for it? It was both. We kind of knew we were on on shaky ground. I mean, that's why we shot, uh, you know, the the season ender for it basically you know it, we, before we we still had three more to shoot of our episodes but judd said to me like you should write the finale and so i did and I, that's when i wrote and directed just because we kind of the writing was kind of on the wall even though you're bummed out when it happens it wasn't really a big surprise so you know but it's still it's, it's terrible it's like you know you you it's like having a family and then suddenly they pull your family away you know and i don't even mean just because we were all friends i just mean kind of these characters were just kind of getting going so we had a lot of places we want to take them that said there's moments you go like maybe we would have jumped the shark the next <laughs> yeah. season so there's kind of like a hey step away how okay. long yeah. how long does it take mm-hmm. typically to get your characters into your head or where you feel like you understand them does it does it usually take about a season or two before you're like oh okay because everyone brings something different to the yeah. table it depends i mean it happened pretty fast on this because first of all the characters are ones that i based on people i grew up with but then when we found these the, the kids at that point to be in it, they had these really distinct personalities, and so we were really good at at kind of using their personalities in it. And so we kind of felt like we discovered them pretty quickly. It was more how we could surprise people with w- ways taking them in a direction we didn't think they were going to go. Like you know, the prime example was making Ken from a rich family, right? You know, that was never thought we would do that. But it's like you know what, Seth, it feels like it would be weird and fun to do that. But um, I don't know they they were so kind of live, living, breathing people you know and they were so kind of part of those characters that it 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 was we kind of snapped into them pretty quickly and they were great too they would bring so much extra stuff and you know we'd also feed off of their interpersonal relationships if somebody was mad at somebody then we put it in the show (laughs) so oh that's really cool yeah the one point like linda and franco were having kind of a bit of a feud and so it's that one episode where they're kind of fighting and and, uh it, it was just you know it's fun to put that in because then it felt more real yeah but they're all friends now. So. Everything worked out fine. It all worked out great. Everything. I've been, I'm doing a cartoon with Linda, so I see her every once in a <laughs> oh while. My God. And, she's uh, the greatest. She's fucking awesome. Oh, I just love her. Love her. We did a sitcom together right before Freaks and Geeks, maybe? I think Freaks and Geeks was like her next Good job. Good Burger, was it? No, it wasn't Good Burger. <laughs> Good Burger, was it? Good Burger, I believe. That was said like a man in a three-piece suit. <laughs> Good Burger. I believe. <laughs> was it a spinoff of the show All That? It's a- <laughs> the kids call it. Keenan and Kill? <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, we were on a sitcom together. and oh, then cool. And then... She and then our show got canceled, and then she went off, and the next thing was like like that. Yeah, like yeah. oh shit. Well, she almost got a seventy show, I think. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, but so, then it ended up then it ended up on ER didn't. for a while. Yeah, yeah. She's all over the place. But you've directed a fuck ton of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew yes, I have. I knew Ooh. some stuff, but I didn't know everything. I didn't know you directed a Mad Men episode. Yes, first season. Uh, yes, I did. Which, which episode was it? Was it was the one where she starts modeling for Coca-Cola, and oh. she's shooting at the birds. Right, right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the first time where you're like, oh, she's <laughs> crazy. Mm, <that's laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Betty, no. That's yeah. where that's yeah. where you really... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty, no. Oh, Betty, no. Oh, Betty. <laughs> where you really start swell. to see the... <laughs> To see the to see the, the cracks in the yeah uh, it was fun I had a great time I really befriended the whole cast and everybody and uh, it was fun I just then 
Only did the one. Uh, so obviously a ton of arrest development, but also yeah. you did a bunch of Nurse Jackie. <laughs> just yeah, over a ton of arrest <laughs> yeah. development. That whatever. No Nurse Jackie. I, actually, Nurse Jackie, I, I had was one of the most fun things I ever got to work on. Really? Yeah, weirdly because they let me really play around with the camera. You know, uh, you know, a lot of times you just you know you want to do the style of the show, and because when I did Freaks and Geeks, directors would come in and try to do different styles. Like no, like it gets forced them to kind of shoot it the way you want it. So I'm very respectful of that. But there, they really liked. Wonders, which if you don't know, in the directing world, like a thing, a scene you can kind of cover in one take, in one shot, without having to have cutaways and stuff. And they liked the scripts a lot, and they didn't want the the network kind of messing with certain scenes. So they were really into like shooting wonders. So it was really fun to figure out how to do these, you know, kind of in one take, how to, how to do a song. Do, do you sort of with the style of a show like Arrested Development? Do you feel beholden to like sort of like what you said like well it really kind of has to be this way oh, because yeah. that's the voice the directing is also the, a part of the voice of the show yeah the big thing about when you're a TV director is you are there to help make things better but you're also there to do to serve what they want you know again going back to Freaks like you know we had a very specific style that I wanted which was like a 70s kind of not a lot of moving camera just you know very it's all about the performances and you know in 70s TV there, there wasn't a lot of cinematic stuff going right. on and I didn't want that so, but we'd have directors come in, kind of like they're setting up shots where they're dollying around the table, and we're going behind a pillar, and all this is like, no, don't do that because you're going to miss a great moment with the kids. So, yeah. So when you go to a show, your your job is going like, here's how I think we can do this, and either they go like, that's awesome, we didn't think about that, or if they go like, you know, it's not quite in our style, then you have to go, okay, cool, because I had so many times, you know, other directors will like fight with you, like, well, it's going to look like a TV show and all that. That's the last thing you want to hear when you're. You know, running a show, it's like no, just do what I want. You know, so but you know, but but a good TV director will will bring in ideas where you're like, that's awesome. I didn't think about that, and then everybody elevates things. So, and what with, with the Office that also has a very specific style. Yeah, that you can't have to. I mean, I, what I, I loved about the Office was we were very religious about the idea that it's an, actually a documentary. We we didn't get this finicky about it on on Arrested Development, so. Meaning that, like, there could be a shot, like, I'm talking to you, and then suddenly we'll cut over to me, and you go, like, oh, well, I would have seen the camera behind me if I was looking at you. Right. But on The Office, it was very much about, like, you know, we have two cameras in the, in the, in the documentary crew, find where they're going to go where they wouldn't see each other, and then you cover the whole scene like that. What I love about that is you're literally, every time you're doing a take, you're getting the entire scene with all the coverage you need. Because they're, those, those cameramen are, are geniuses, because they came from, a lot of them, the original guys came from Survivor, so they're used oh, wow. to doing that. So they shoot it like they're hearing it for the first time. So all those little push-ins and all that, that's them kind of freestyling. And then, you know, then I'll sometimes go, okay, maybe we'll do a push-in here. But you really kind of get out of their way. And it, 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 you get such an energy out of that. The performances, everything feels real, feels in the moment. And, and more absurd jokes play real because they're playing out like they're in real life because they're being captured like real life. So I, I, just, I think it's like that mockumentary style is the greatest way to do TV comedy. Yeah, and so with The Office, is it, is it pretty much, um, well, now, <laughs> may it rest in peace. Exactly, now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but is it, is it pretty much, you know, like there, there's a basic script idea in place and then people sort of riff a little bit and then they just... They, in other words, it sounds like the camera, it, you're almost improvising along with the actors as the director. You are, yeah, totally. I mean, they're very ultra written I mean that's the best writing staff around those people they were so great but then you've got the genius of Steve Carell you know so you 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 would just get what they had scripted, but then it was always fun to kind of like just change this. And Krull was always great to kind of go like, I don't know, give me something different, or you know, or surprise me with this, or he'll. And then so then yeah, you're getting all these kind of extra things that you need. And, and Greg Daniels is, is is one of the most talented 
you know, producers I've ever worked with because he was he would let that stuff happen. Like there was a, the the Halloween episode, which from the second season, where we first kind of meet Creed's character. <clears throat> there was a whole thing in in the office with Michael and, and talking uh, to to Dwight, and Dwight was wearing the Emperor from the from Star Wars outfit. And as we were shooting the scene, I just started to realize, oh, the camera. Or if we move over just a little bit, it looks like the Emperor from like when you just kind of <laughs> see the side of his mouth. <laughs> and so we started redoing the scene just to kind of play up that gag. And so we it went on this whole improv thing, and and Greg liked it so much, he ended up throwing out like a storyline just to extend that scene. So it's all about. Dwight kind of looking like the emperor on camera. It's it's really funny if you watch it. I, I love I really love that scene because that was uh, you know because a lot of showrunners won't jettison anything from the script if you have a great improv on the set. It's yeah, a, when you're uh, when you're kind of like you're done with the scene, you got it scripted, and then and then you start messing around with the improv. How long do you? I mean, you got tons of other stuff to do for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like, how long do you like go? All right. Is it when it becomes unfunny? Yeah, I mean, you know, I like to push past. I like to kind of go one or two past where you think you're done with it because yeah. sometimes something weird will come out of that. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about the, the the office again is since you're kind of getting it all at the same time, you're usually let in less of a time bind as long as you kind of stay ahead of things. Yeah. You know, it's not like what happens if you're doing a show you shoot more standard. It's kind of like I have an idea. Oh, then you got to go back and turn around or relight, and then it falls apart. You know, or you get one side of an improv that happens. At the, that's always the worst. That's always when I do movies, I try to cross shoot as much as I can yeah. so that I'm shooting both people. Because you know, sometimes somebody will just come up with a great improv, and you don't you only have one side of it. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's never as funny when you try to recreate it. No, yeah. Yeah. you can tell because it's, it's just it, it even just. Performing something versus just riffing something—it yeah. just comes from a different part of your brain, yeah, and a different—it just presented. Well, that's like in *Bridesmaids*, that first scene where they're in the diner talking. I mean, that's you know, it was very scripted, but a lot of that goofing around—the funniest things in that scene were happened completely out of the blue, just by going talk about a penis, imitate a penis, you know, or, or like Kristen just putting te- food on her teeth, and it just surprised all of us. And... Well, that's well, that's why because you know, particularly in in something like that, you have uh, a fucking unreal cast of hilarious people yeah. that just on their own would be funny yeah. but then somehow find a way to to work together. Yeah, it's about yeah, the, yeah, I, the way I love the cast is you find people who are just funny, who are great actors but also funny, able to to riff a bit, you know, good at improv. And whenever I do auditions, we'll have, you know, we'll have a scene for them to read, which isn't us- even usually from the script. It's usually like a longer monologue or or like a one-sided conversation that we'll write especially for the uh, the audition process just so you can hear what people do it's like you know once people come in to like read the three lines they have it's it's hard to tell what what you know what they have in in their in stock but uh when you have that and then then we'll always do like an improv scene at the end just to see if they're comfortable with it if they overreach you know because some people trying to be fu- people trying to be funny is the least funny thing in the world right 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 yeah so you find out who's got a light touch and uh... but with 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 a movie like bridesmaids do you, do you was there so much that you were like, shit, I don't want to cut out. I mean, oh, we had tons of stuff. You know what? It is? You have to be in service of the story first. And so the, the, the mistake is just to load in all your jokes because you'll fatigue the audience. I mean, the funniest jokes in the world, they just add up. Even though, like, suddenly we'd have scenes that we had all these jokes and they'd be funny and it would kill, but then. Like ten minutes later, you feel a fatigue in the audience. They're starting to get tired of stuff, and you go like, you know what? We got to weed these down because oh, okay. we're just giving. You know, it's like it's like giving everybody all their food right up front, and they're just right. going to scarf so it you, down. So you can't have the shitting in the wrong with them. Well, you know, but for some people, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't have the shitting in the street scene, and then some other crazy scene right out. Like you need, you're saying you need a little, bit yeah. Of, uh, 
Uh, no, totally. I mean, case in point was like, you know, when, when she first meets um, Helen, you know, Rose Byrne's character. Yeah. We had, you know, when she turns around and she like comes floating forward, we had all these hilarious things of like Rose kind of doing these kind of put downs, which she wasn't sure if they were, she were putting her down. Like, oh, did you just come from work? You know, like, <laughs> what? Yeah. So it was really funny. But then we eventually realized like we had to pull all those jokes out because the very next scene is her having that that showdown with right. her. The, so if you kind of tipped your hat already and go like, well, yeah, she's just trying to take her down, then it won't be as funny to see them doing that on stage. But that was the thing. You know, the studio was really like, we miss all those jokes. It's like, I know, but better to take them out and it's going to be more helpful yeah. for the whole thing. You know? And so you're, you're pretty good about looking at it as a, as a, as a whole piece and keeping, yeah, it, keeping yeah. the rhythms of it. Oh, totally. You have to be. It, it all goes back to stand-up. I mean, it, my stand-up training, that's why you know Judd does the same thing. It, it, that trained both of us for how to put together a movie. Because, you know, you're doing an hour set, you know, or, or sometimes longer. And you just have to know that ebb and flow uh, of, of when, an audience, when an audience gets tired. You can't have them just, like, balls to the wall kind of the whole time. So you got to get that flow going. And also, it even comes down to when we're doing the test screening process is exactly like how we used to hone our acts. You know, you go up... With your notepad, I try these, and then you okay that worked, and you go by the next time and try it a different way, and that's how we you know we test a movie. You know, I start testing the movies like two or three weeks into my director's cut. And then oh wow! I, and then every two weeks, we'll just I'll just do another uh, test because I have all this alternate material, and that way I don't fall in love with the cut. You know, because what happens if you do your standard ten week DGA sanctioned cut? By the end of the ten weeks, you're just in love with every frame of the movie. Yeah. And so when you put them from an audience, you're like, oh, those fuckers, they don't, you know, well, they, they're laughing, but they didn't, they, you know, they're smiling, they're not laughing. It's like, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> you know, so you got to just, you got to show it before you really are invested in it, because then you can be very scientific and go like, yeah, pull that out, that didn't work, let's try that. Let's oh, workshopping, yeah, that, that's actually, that's what Probiglia did with uh, Sleepwalk. Oh, I, I guarantee, yeah. Where yeah. he would just, he would, they would just screen it. They had a bunch of screenings, I guess, in New York. Yeah. And then just had people, they just basically workshopped the movie. Yeah, that's how the it. Marx Brothers made their fucking. Yeah, they went out on yeah, the road, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And even uh, the Human Giant guys, they would just, like, every time they would have, like, a completed sketch, they would show it at UCB in New York yeah. and then just see where the laughs were and then go back and re edit it. Yeah, because yeah. we would record the laughs and we put it into the Avid. And so, you know, they're like, okay, <laughs> that didn't go laugh. Now, for, oh, that's really, <laughs> that's that's really, really interesting. interesting. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, we wow. Well, because wow. there's always debate. Like, I think that worked. I think, and it was like, the editor's like, well, let's listen to the tape. You know, and you're kind of like, I think. I got a big laugh, and you just hear like a oh, like oh, a chuckle. Genius. Yeah, it's great. It, it ends any kind of differences you might have. So, so w- with bridesmaids, I mean, obviously that's you know, uh, <laughs> you. I'm sure you thought, oh, this will probably do okay. But yeah. then when it was like, oh fuck, that just made like 300 million dollars. <laughs> right. I mean, like, are you? Uh, how? Uh, you can wrap your mind around that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt when it was happening. <laughs> Boom, my head explodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was awesome. I mean, you know, you you never make something hope, you know, thinking it's not going to work. But at the same time, you kind of go like, oh, I hope this makes – you get like a number in your head. Like I was always like, if this could just make like $100 it would be so great because then it would be kind of considered a hit and blah, blah, blah. So then we just kind of kept going and going. It's awesome. But it also it's also then intimidating for what are you going to make next because you want to – you know, do something because then they let you do whatever does you well. want. Well, yeah, I know. That, that, so that's when you can completely fuck yourself. You know, because then that's what I want to avoid is the thing like that's a lot of directors will like, have that hit and then they go now I'm going to pull out that personal project I've been trying to make and it's like I always burnt. wanted to remake Psycho yeah <laughs> ah, that worked out well didn't it <laughs> yeah. oh, but so gosh. I was really with like with the heat I was really it took me a while to kind of go like what's the follow up that's going to kind of have that same comedy feel as Bridesmaids but going to be different but the audience will so I'm really happy with this one it kind of it feels like the right follow up wait it's not a female remake of the movie Heat oh boy 
Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. How did you yeah, shoot yeah. the diner scene? No, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, You're was never awesome. sure yeah. if Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock are in the same scene. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah they're, that could They're be a double. Like, that wait could a be a double. I like to be tricky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you were in Three O'clock High. Yes, I was. Which is movie. one of my favorite movies of all time, and I yep. think Phil Juanu and that that movie, I think, just redefined how so much stuff became made after it, but oh, totally. rarely gets the credit I think that it deserved. Well, it was—I mean, it was way ahead of its time visually because it didn't do well at all, and because I think people hadn't been through that on screen. You know, that kind of, because there was so much going on yeah. that I think people were kind of like, oh, it, it, it threw them off a bit. Phil and I went to film school together. Oh, wow. So that's actually kind of how I got in the movie. <laughs> I auditioned, he's like, hey, I went to film school with you. And he was, you know, he was great. But um, no, it, it, it's really an unsung thing, but it, it, try to put yourself in the mind of an audience back then who had never kind of seen anything like that yeah. on screen. I remember it just like, it, it, I just remember it did not do well because of that. Well, I think also um, it was sort of, it was one of those things where I think most people probably just didn't have an idea of what it was about. Yeah, like totally. when you say three o'clock high, what is that? Three yeah. o'clock high, and then you just see Casey Samasco like yeah. being held in the yeah, like a cartoon of him being held in the hand. Yeah, out of the clock. Yeah, or yeah but no, I know. Such an amazing movie. I love Casey. He might be a few years too old to be playing a high school guy. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. As was I. I was playing a high school man too. So one of my high favorite details man. from that movie is just like when he, you know, he gets held up and yeah. the, and the, and then when he goes back to shirt, seat, stays yeah, the shirt still just popped up like this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that so was the scene I walked into. I believe. <laughs> That's right. I was around when the, the and main, then when things they were get really it. going when yeah. Paul walks. Yeah. Oh boy! Then the craziness. Actually, I'm terrible in it because all you see is the top of my head. I was so unsavvy on camera that I lean in and just like I don't <laughs> angle my face so you could see it. You literally see my scalp. So uh, <laughs> scalp performance by. Well, then maybe you should write some stuff. Yeah, see? <laughs> Wonder why I want behind the camera, though. Do you ever want to go back in front of the camera? Uh, I, I mean, I do. I just uh, People will call me, and I'll do things if they, they offer it up. I just did something on Nick Kroll's show, which was really fun. Do you know uh, what part you want to play in when we read your ALF script? Oh, oh, gosh. Um, I might have to read stage directions. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So that'll be, let's see. So we, we it's probably about like a half hour of reading, right? Oh, the the, yeah. the Alf thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably read about a half then hour. Then a two-hour oh, yeah. Q&A afterwards, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> but I think we could do it straight, and then, then we'll have fun with it. Well, I also would like to... Maybe I could fold this in. I've always wanted to do a dramatic reading of... There was a book called Growing Up Brady. That yes, Greg of course. Brady wrote. Done. Yes, done. The, but the, the memo from Robert Reed to the network... Uh, about why he was so disappointed in the show and comparing it to themes of, of Shakespeare. Yeah. And it's like the most brilliant memo I've ever seen. So I've always wanted to do a dramatic reading Done. of that. You, Thank you. Then, then, okay, so here's, here's what we do. It's an evening with Paul. <laughs> no, no, but, here, but here's great. what we do. Here's what we do. We do the Alf reading, yeah, but do, you open with that. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I can't follow the Alf reading. You open with that. Yes. So that's because well, how long is that letter? How long is like maybe 10 There's minutes? There's a few pages. Yeah, it'd probably be a good 10 so minutes. So 10 minutes, that, that's the opener right there. You read. We you should read be doing this at LACMA. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah come yeah. on. That's right. We so could do the, it at. This is the kind Carnegie of thing. Carnegie Hall. We, well, I don't know if we could do it. <laughs> We've been talking to the Paley folks about like, doing stuff at Paley. Oh, Paley you should. Yeah, come that's on. where we should do it. But yeah. uh, but I think it might be. No, you know, I think it's kind of nice, intimate here. Well, we'll kind of workshop it here. Yeah. 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 See how we bring it over to And then when it's huge. Town, and then we <laughs> get the Alf puppet to come out for the Paley. Yes. Can we get him? What do you mean, puppet? 
I mean, we get oh we get Alf out of out of he storage in Area Fifty One. He didn't know. Chris didn't know. <laughs> Chris didn't know he was real. Life no, he's an alien life form. Thought it was a documentary. Exactly. No, it's, Gordon Shumway is we real. Just, we have to get him out of Nevada. <laughs> Do you remember the Alf cartoon at all? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was fucking good. It was. I thought. I thought the TV show Alf was good. I. I thought it was hilarious. The I Alf cartoon Alf was so self-aware. Like it was yeah. the first time I had ever seen that kind of self-awareness in a uh, in a cartoon. I'll fight to the death about uh, uh, you know. Elf. I think it was a funny show. Uh, did you work on Gary Shandling's show too? The first one. It's Gary yeah, Shandling's show. Yeah, yeah, the Showtime. The Showtime yep. one. I played his cousin. <sighs> or no, his. his uh, no, I was. I was the brother. Oh, I, I was his brother-in-law. That was it. I was. I was Jessica Harper's uh, brother. A, 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 a camera, a multicam show sitcom on. It's on so Showtime, funny. yeah, that was pretty far ahead of its time. Way ahead. Oh, of its it's time. still ahead of its yeah, time. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, that doesn't get the respect that I mean, Larry the Sanders did, which is, is great. It's the Gary Shandling yeah. show starring me. This is the theme to Gary's Gary show. Yeah. The opening the theme, theme to Gary's Gary show. No, Gary brilliant. called me up and asked if I would write a theme song. It's <laughs> almost halfway there. How do you like it so far? How do you like the theme to Gary's show? And then he goes, "This is the part where I whistle." Oh yeah, yeah. Now you know Michael Tucci, who played his neighbor on that, is in the heat so hey yeah so i'm bringing back did you shoot in boston for yeah that's great all boston boston strong yeah it was great oh i love that place that's beautiful i'm from boston oh you are yeah i was just there last week i saw a uh i don't know i was at a theater and i was it was before a movie and they played a two-minute scene from the heat and i oh i had no idea why they were doing that that, was my stunt i enjoyed it (laughs) thank you that was a stunt i came up with which it it said for theater owners only not to be shown to the public Ah. yes we did it like it was a mistake well it's very good it was the interrogation scene right yeah yeah, it was great oh god i'm glad you saw that it was great it was fun it was before uh die hard with a vengeance that's exactly that's exactly me and doug benson's uh in like chicago and my guess is that you probably just wanted to watch the rest of the heat yeah yeah we were like oh that would just stay on. We don't have to watch the movie that doesn't have a plot. I just ran into Benson at the Butt Numathon. In, oh, yeah, in yeah, Austin. Yeah, Austin. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I love him. The, Benson, um, we used to do, I used to do stand up with Benson back at the. He was a variety arts guy. Oh, he was? Yep. Oh, he back, was. Back, oh, Doug, wow. That's what he used to do. The, he put the, the birds on his. Uh, he yeah. had the giant glasses. Yeah. And he'd put these birds, and they would peck him. Or and these, and he yeah. had this like this helmet of hair. <laughs> yes, and these big fluffy glasses. Doug <laughs> can still grow the helmet of hair. I mean, he's still got it all. It's there. It's now he's all go. cool and successful. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, pot really did great things. For I know him. exactly. Yeah. See, no, he, I know. he did. It did. Good for, <laughs> he found his lane. That guy found his lane. He's doing a good job with it. Uh, but like, did you like? How was shooting in Boston? Was it's it like, awesome? Yeah. So I mean, we I I love that place. Who knew that the the food scene is so amazing? Oh, in I knew. Oh, my God. look at me. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> but the oyster, I'm an oyster fanatic. So. Oh, did you go to the oyster house where uh, Kennedy made his announcement that he's going to run yes. for president? Oh, yeah. Very nice. There. And then now there's Neptune. I mean, there's a million. Then Barbara Lynch has yeah. all these amazing restaurants. It, it was, I, I loved it there. It was hotter than hell. And we yeah. made the mistake of, I, the, the Boston Herald had gone out of business, and so their entire facility was empty. And so when we were location scouting, we found all these giant rooms. I was like, this can be our sound stage. So we uh. made it into our sound but not realize it's hot, it's old, and it's completely dirty. So we had to bring in all these air conditioning units, and they, they put these giant tubes in, yeah. and it just blew literally like 50 years worth of old ink into oh, the air. I, I swear, oh, wow. all of our lives have been shortened by 10 years. Oh, oh shit. So God. please enjoy the heat. class action It was, it was the ghosts of decades of yeah. news-breaking stories. <laughs> exactly. Absorbing it. Decades of, of terrible <laughs> puns on the back page. Exactly. Me, oh no. But it was awesome. It was, it was really That's great. Loved, loved Boston. So now that the heat's, now that the heat's 
heat's done. It's about to. I mean, it's basically out of your hands at this yep. point. It's about what? When is it? When's the premiere? Uh, 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 June twenty eighth. June twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. So once that happens, are you already working on the next thing that you're doing? Yeah, I got the next thing. I, I wrote it, and uh, the studio's all set to do it. We're just trying to figure out who's going to play the lead. So uh, it's a, it's like a female James Bond. I'm available. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and she's a tall guy with yeah. scarlet glasses. <laughs> I can. I got range. <laughs> you can I do it. I got See? range. Yeah. The surprise. Yeah, but no, oh, I'm excited uh, about that. It's a comedy. And... You've, you've just reminded me that I was uh, I was on a treadmill the other day and watching Mission Impossible, the original Mission Impossible movie, yeah. with Tom Cruise, which I had not seen in a long time, which already is so fucking dated. Like the <laughs> oh, technology yeah. the oh, man. and the, 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 the power book. West of us. <laughs> the knock list. <laughs> the knock list. The phones with the with the with the little nubby antenna. But here's yeah. what here's what that movie did. That set up the style of breaking into anywhere in a high tech movie. Yeah. That set up the style of that was the first the one with pressure like floor down. and like the sweat. And it like also the set up that um you, you can tr- these, that we have this crazy mask technology that does not exist. Yeah. 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 Where it's just like he pulls off John Voight's thing. Well, that was in Mission Impossible. That was in the TV show. So but but the way that, that yeah, yeah. So that from the bottom, sure. I know. Sure. it's like Face Off. Yeah. That's right. yeah. just like Face Off. And yeah. then they Which, we had that. Down. By the way, if you just want to look like someone else, you just need the skin from their face, not their bone yeah. structure. Yeah, I think or... Sons of the Lambs taught us one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's your one takeaway. But if uh, in that. your new movie, if Jonah Hill can't do something, I'll shave. Yes. Okay, done. Silence of, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs also taught me that I can just throw cum at people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course you, you can. You knew that. I didn't know Don't that. Don't act like it took I a movie never, to teach you that. No. What else are you going to do in a prison? Has anybody been watching Hannibal, by Alf's, the way? Oh, that's right. Alf's dad knew that. Uh, no, I haven't <laughs> watched it. Never that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't watched it. Watch, watch Hannibal. I like everybody. that Mads guy. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, he'll always be Le Chiff. Le Chiff. That's the greatest Bond movie of all time. I agree with you. Yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, Which one? Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Oh, Casino Royale. It's so yep. good. It's I. Uh, it's hard to believe Martin Campbell would then go direct the Green Lantern, but he did. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they Is offered it, him a lot of money. Oh, okay. yeah, exactly. Jonah, yeah, that's yes. it. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Is a friend of mine said the, the bad guy looked like Gail Gordon. <laughs> 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 he said, "I forget who it was." He said, it, it, "It's if somebody gave my mom millions of dollars and told her to make a comic book." <laughs> Gail Gordon. By by the way, that people might know from the uh, from the Lucille Ball <laughs> yes, show, exactly. played, uh, Mr. Mooney, Mr. Mooney, Miss Carmichael. <laughs> See, that, you know, another one from your treasure trove there. Yeah, Miss. Go- <laughs> See, <laughs> he, he <laughs> could My treasure trove sounded sarcastic. <laughs> oh. No, it's yeah. not. From your you're trove. always no. You're always. I'm impressed with all your. God damn it! I your think next, your own Wilson your next is very comedy good. Comedy hour should just be your impression. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. See, and that's that. All of them, uh, everyone from uh, Kevin McDonald to Max oh, Wright. You, you do Kevin. McDonald? Yeah, well, I do a fairly bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a cat on my head. <laughs> you're is, you're they, Emma. It is. I do what I can, Paul. I try. I try. <laughs> uh, but they're not. But they're not. You know, it's just a handful of them. I want to do one podcast where we just throw names at you and you have to imitate them. Oh shit! I love it. Mm. No, oh, it'll never. It, that people... Do Chris Hardwick. I just not who is Chris Hardwick. No, it'll be like uh, it'll be like uh, it'll be like Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder, where yeah, he, he just, just doesn't doesn't know. He doesn't know who he is anymore. We'll just do your trigger word, amaze balls. Oh, that's not my trigger word. <laughs> it's a safe word. It is now. Ow, amaze balls. By the way, my mom texted me something the other day of some link to something, and then she goes. 
Amazeballs. And I'm yeah. like, Mom, it please. sticks. The lexicon. Yeah. Congratulations. Don't, they stick. Don't be urban. Don't get all urban dictionary yeah. on me, Mom. <laughs> Can I buy a coffee mug with that on it? Yes, please. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Amazeballs, Chris Harvick's mom. Uh, <laughs> you, should, you should sell a line of magic balls. <laughs> you call Amazeballs. <laughs> one time I said incredible Amazeballs to make fun of the of Amazeballs. Uh-huh. And then somehow... You don't make fun of things, Chris. Some Someone's attributed to me that I said that all the time. I'm like, I don't say it all the time. You're the Jimmy J.J. Walker. I am not the J.J. Walker. That <laughs> Amazeballs is not my dynamite. <laughs> no, count. Well, it always will be to me. It's our it's dynamite. Your, it's your kryptonite. Yeah, it's dynamite. my kryptonite, yeah. not my dynamite. Nice. You go 100 years in the future, and there's Chris's uh, Just like tombstone. Holding up Holding Amazeballs. Exactly. They're just dangling. Holding a ball that says Amazeballs. And then another one says ball. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't they both have? But they're to backwards, say? so it's balls. Yeah, balls I mean, amaze. They would both have to say amaze for them to be amaze balls. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, listen. You want to go that route? Let's figure sure. this out. Okay. <laughs> hang on, guys. Hang on. Now, if I'm looking in a mirror, you guys don't have to be anywhere, right? You don't have to be anywhere. <laughs> I know we got all day, man. Something yeah. happens on June 28th, but we yeah. got to figure out this maze. Yeah, 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 come on. Did, exactly. did you, did you Wait, guys, what if we were in a maze and we needed the balls to get out? It was like fantastic. Those are maze balls. Those are maze balls. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I would then you have an. Yeah, and maze a balls. maze ball. Yeah, a maze but ball. But it wouldn't be a maze, maze balls. balls. And maze balls. And, and you meant balls. The Shining. Mm. What? He wasn't in a maze in Phantasm. There was kind of a maze. The mausoleum was kind of a maze. Well, okay, okay. I'll <laughs> yeah. give that to you. I'll yeah. give that. That was an a maze ball. Yo, that's yeah, right. That's, 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 your brains out. Yeah, that's why I was we need plural. We did need I just realize something you said a minute ago? Yes, you did. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. I wasn't just referencing a 70s horror movie. I was thinking too much about the maze. I was thinking too much about the maze and The Shining. He just blurted it out. That's his uh, So your your new movie you're working on is Amazeballs. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. It's a follow-up to Amazeballs. (laughs) Amazeballs. Balls, amazing balls. That's right. Exactly. Um, so, did you? Can you talk about what your thing is or no? My thing. Yeah, your new thing. <laughs> yeah, James Bond next. Oh yeah, uh, female James Bond. No, but can you talk more about like? Do you? Is it cast? Do you, no, you, no. I, I, we're we're trying to figure out the cast. I right think now. that's enough of a nugget to get us intrigued. Hello, exactly. No, it, it's it's Fox. I, I made a deal over at Fox because we had such a good time on the heat that I've. Opened up a shingle there. Great. A shingle. <laughs> it's called Figco. Like shingle. Figco. Yeah. Oh my the Figco. Figco Entertainment. Fico. There you go. See? That's a good name. We make magic. <laughs> no, that's not our. We <laughs> amaze your balls. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's, a, it's a comedy, but it's not like a Johnny English. It's like a, a action comedy. So. Is it called The Humidity? No, you said Don't that. Last it's, called the humidity. it's not The Heat. You that's said, right. You said that, Paul, when you said it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> see how I do that? And then, and then. Sneak around. I'm going to. Now, now, now that we've now that we've made contact, I'm gonna start every once in a while. I'm just gonna poke your arm and be like, "Sci-fi comedy." Yeah, Let's totally. Comedy. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, uh, but first things first. Done. Alf read through. Well, that's that's right. it. Goes right to the head of the class. I Alf Ooh. the movie. Yes, they did one it's in time. 2004. I want to say an Alf. TV movie on ABC. Please look that up, Katie. I don't want to be crazy. I think I think you're right. Actually, yeah. I have a weird memory of that. Yeah. No one wants to be crazy, Matt. And I feel like David Allen Greer was in it as oh like a military guy. Like oh, Air Force they're probably trying to take him. Down. I made yeah. that up. Like, that might have been a dream. <laughs> it was an episode of. Know, it was a out. fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a dream you had. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that's a real thing that actually occurred. Yes. Uh, please, anywhere. please, please, Katie. Find <laughs> me. You found the pictures of Mr. Alf smoking crack. So please. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> The whole internet is Mr. Alf. We're calling him Mr. Alf. I'm calling him Mr. Alf's my father's name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Alf's my father, and he lives in Palm Beach. I'm Neil. (laughs) Neil Alf. Do we have a ping? Do we have a ping? What are you looking up? Uh oh. 
Alf. Pro- oh, Alf yeah, Project Alf. Project Alf. I oh, love yeah, it. that does sound familiar. What? No, Alf that's not mystery. it. Oh. That's not He's it. had many movies. Project Alfway, where they uh, Alf has designers come in <laughs> and make aliens. The Alf <laughs> mysteries would be pretty good, though. Just like whatever, like the Cosby <laughs> mysteries. Like yeah. a Columbo oh, type of wow. series. I put that in. Well, it's just like, you know, like a Dick Van Dyke nice. did it. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Matlock. And then, yeah, yeah, and Murder, She Wrote. I, was, yeah. I just I, want to point out I was off by nine years. It's <laughs> 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 other than the margin of error. It's okay. <laughs> you can still be a pollster. It's good. I want to make uh, a movie of a Lancelot Link secret chip. That has always been a, a dream of mine. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Yes. Except I know I get my face torn off at some point during production. <laughs> or genitals. You, well, don't, don't just complain. Well, you don't need it. Right. You just get Andy Serkis. You're going to take my face. Take my genitals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Andy can play all the roles. But he would do the same thing. Yeah, he'd, probably, yeah. Yeah. he'd probably rip your face. Yeah. If I had a dime for every time I method. tore someone's face off. <laughs> <laughs> You'd uh, have no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> this was so much fun, Paul Feig. you got to come back. Chris, thank you. I, I love it. And can I please be on, on Talking Dead? Sure. Thank you. I love that show. You do such a great job. Oh, I that. appreciate that. Thank you. It's awesome. I, I watch it religiously, and, and I love I can't wait for The t- Walking Dead to come back. I am very excited to have The Walking Dead come back, too. Oh, I wish he was, like, really a fan of The Talking Dead. Never watched The Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I like, I don't even know. Like, I don't like zombie stuff. I love to see people laugh, though, and <laughs> <laughs> about things that I don't people, know. If people talk about zombies, I'm cool yeah, with that. Right. You know, I'll, I'll get the show when they show the clips. Like, I'll, I'll see what, yeah, I'll yeah. get what's going on. I'm a bad fan, though, because I, I watch everything religiously, but I don't know all the minutiae of it. So I'll sure. go, like, oh, you're the guy with the beard, and I'll be like, Herschel. And then, you know, that guy, yeah, and that guy. And yeah. the, there'll be a lot of that. So get ready for that. All those things, the walkers. Yes, yes. Exactly. Although Michonne, I do know. That's. I love that girl. They're undead. Yes, yes. undead. Yes. They're undead. Yeah. <laughs> They're not alive? I yeah. mean, what do they call I don't know. Them? I don't know what they call they're them. They're called runners. Around. They're called runners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're, I know they're not called biters. Yeah. That's lame. That's, <laughs> That's why we don't like the general. That's right. <laughs> Fighters, like it's lame. Did you read the comic books? No, they're fucking great. Are they? Yeah. So that's why I haven't read Game of Thrones because I, I I'm like being surprised more than going like, ooh, they didn't shoot that quick. I haven't read Game of Thrones because I look at the books and I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. I I, I, I literally yeah. I am friends with people who I don't think could could pay attention to anything more than five minutes. They're like, oh, Game of Thrones books are awesome. I'm like, how how did you read those? Like, I can't even begin to approach those things. But they go like, yeah. oh, they're really easy to read. So I don't know. I so just see all those TV. names I can't pr- pronounce. I go like, yeah. oh, I'm dead. Yeah, TV's easy, easy to read, too. So I'll just TV's pretty yeah. easy to read. Yeah, yeah right. TV's pretty easy to read. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah, closed captioning. <laughs> We're going to close caption this podcast. <laughs> On Okay. That'd be great. I mean, that's fine. Stream we live. should close caption the podcast. No. Just Why? put up Why a YouTube video. Leaving do you know all how long these... that would take Yes. To do? But you're leaving all the uh, whole audience out. You're you don't have to do it. Well, who's going to do it? There are people who will. Someone All transcribed right. one. Episode Just put it up next to your dragon dictation. And yeah. Go. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> that would... We should just send. We should just drop a Google voicemail of the podcast yeah. and then reread that. It'd out be loud. like bad lip sync or whatever. We'll just read that. Out yeah, loud. bad lip reading. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. All right, we'll do something along those Paul, lines. Paul F did on the Paul F Tomcast. Uh, <laughs> he had a thing from the from the Largo show where he had uh, he had put the uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, I have a dream speech oh, yeah, yeah. into Google Translator, oh, yeah. and then it came back out, and then he had Tim Meadows read it. <laughs> oh my god, it was perfect. Oh my god, it was yeah, perfect. That it was, was perfect. Really I like making my final draft read a script for me. Oh, that's enjoyable. <laughs> that's always the best. <laughs> Little girl voice, lady voice, man voice. <laughs> <sighs> we had fun. We did oh, it for fun. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Paul. Enjoy thank your you, burrito, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> you know, go. Right. Uh, Alvin, uh, do it. Enjoy your burrito. I gotta dig that out.
Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Get five pairs of glasses sent to you. Try them on. Send them back. They'll fill your prescription. And then you'll get them back in two days if you use the promo code Nerdist. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drop from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.